Hello and welcome to episode three of the Ball and All podcast, Premier League edition. You have myself, Flows. You have MK. Quick start before we go. Uh, shout outs, follow us on Twitter at BNA Podcast. And also, if you think you're good enough with your managerial skills, hit up our Fantasy Football League. The code is 686 834 151968. The info is also in the bio on Twitter. If you want to catch it there, give us that follow. Let's get into it. So, game week one. Did you enjoy it? I did, I enjoyed it, I enjoyed it, but is that just because, like, you know, I've been starved of Premier League football for a few months, or was it genuinely a good weekend? <laughs> we really starved of Premier League football, but it's only, what, three weeks since the World Cup final, so it's not been that, that long. That doesn't football, count, but that doesn't this count. Is, well, this is real football, we don't really <laughs> care about. Internationals are good for a period, and then real football comes in. Exactly. And then, yeah, you know what, it was, I enjoyed it. It was good, of, it, was it came back with a bang, they had goals, uh, controversy. Just incidents all over left, right, and center. Managerial characters, like yeah. we got everything that we needed to to signify a good season. Um, and also, first Friday night Premier League game. Did you watch it, or were you were you too busy partying Friday? That's that's what they were worried about. Yeah, I was in a drinking place watching the game. But yeah, now nah, that first game, Man United versus Leicester. What was your thoughts? Um, okay, well, obviously we know two one uh, United won. I think it was. I think it was like it wasn't entertaining. Which obviously you know that's the age old argument since Mourinho's taken over. It wasn't as exciting as I would have liked, but they controlled the game. Um, one or two chances from Leicester. There was the Madison chance, um, but Leicester were kept very quiet. I think United kept them very quiet. They let them have the ball. To be honest, I think, um, well, the way the game went, obviously United came out of a bang and obviously got the penalty within the first two minutes. And so I think obviously getting that penalty and then obviously Pogba taking the longest run-up in the world, <laughs> keeping everyone on suspense. There's no law against it, bro. Yeah, there's no, there's no law against it. Well, he kept us on suspense while we waited. And then he obviously tucked it in, which he had no doubt that he was going to do it. He's got too much quality to miss a penalty. I say that I'll probably miss the next one now. But um yeah, obviously with him scoring that early after two minutes, United pretty much they sat back. And that's not also well, United United do tend to do that, and especially under the last three managers. We take the lead, we sit back. But obviously in this case, I will give Mourinho a little bit of a blight here because of the fact that a lot of the players are just coming back the first game of the season and obviously you're still trying to get routine, trying to get match fitness and everything like that. So Obviously, yeah. You, uh, as as players, you would tend to regress, and you sit back, and then you try try to counter attack just to try to preserve energy and see how it goes. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense, but it was very early in the game to employ those tactics, and you know, probably could have maybe gone for one more before doing that. Um, and like you say, uh, just come back from World Cup. Some of the players didn't start. Lukaku didn't start. Um, I'm becoming a bit more and more convinced that Rashford can only work in the front two. I don't know, or if he's not coming off the wing, I think he needs a front. I think he needs somebody else there, or maybe a a full attacking midfielder to 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 help him out. Like he look, he always looks so isolated. His hold up play is pretty much non-existent. His hold up play, he doesn't really hold up the ball. As soon as he gets it, he's trying to do something. I don't think he's got the strength, maybe because he's so young. 
Um, so I think maybe once you see a full contingent back, things could go a little better. Um, I think Rashford needs to be playing on their right, on their left hand side. I think he does. I think that's, he needs to be cutting that's out. Where he, yeah. should be, he should be playing cutting in, in, left sorry. and then cut, yeah, cutting in from there. But then obviously you've got Sanchez in that game, in that position, but. Sanchez in that game, he was shocking. <laughs> Sanchez was terrible. Um, his pass accuracy was really bad. I mean, I didn't even need to see stats to see that. But considering this was what he's had the this is first summer off in nine years. Yeah, it's true. And it clearly seems like he needs to be played all the time. <laughs> so he was well. Obviously, it's one game. He put he put the work in though. He did put the work yeah. in. Um, he worked hard for the team. He did little bits here and there, but there was just something missing. Um. Fred impressed me uh, very, for his very, first game. Very much, you know, very much. It seems like, as I, I was, I, well, while I was watching the game, I did say to the person I was watching with, that um, Fred, remind, he, he's that type of guy that United normally would never have signed and you would see another Premier League team, normally probably someone like Chelsea or someone, sign that player and we'd be like, why didn't we ever sign this? But now we've got him. And he mm-hmm. just, he does look like he's that link that we need in midfield that he, he's got an eye for a pass. But he's also got a bit of he's he, he can bully people as well. Yeah, he's not just yeah. gonna take it. So and that that's definitely what we need because that our midfield has been weak. I think over the years United have had defensive midfielders, attacking midfielders, like Nothing real central. Even looking at like like some Paul Scholes, he wasn't a, he didn't have any defensiveness about him. Mm. Um, you know, yeah, Michael Carrick. As he got older, he he kind of brought that out in his game because he had to. But United have never, yeah, it's I think that the guy last, has to keep the game. I think really the last good. one we had that was re- of that really good was Owen Hargreaves. Yeah, but again, yeah, he didn't how get, long ago was that? And, and how often did he get obviously. to play? How often did he yeah. get to play? Not really. Um, you know, um, elsewhere, I mean, looking at Leicester, uh, yeah, was it James Madison? James Madison, first Premier League game, uh, almost got a goal. Um, he seemed fearless. Seemed fearless. I thought he was. Yeah, I thought he looked very, very promising. Um, I think Leicester will be comfortable this this season definitely because they got um, also the guy on the right hand side, Ricardo. He looks. Yes, he, Ricardo. He, he impressed me. Um, if things go as it seems, they've replaced Mares without missing a step. Really. Um, They've also got the uh, the Algerian guy, Gazal, who uh, is expected to to take up that take up that position as well, and all signs point towards him being uh, another an- another player that's unearthed well for them. Yeah, they're not going to trouble any of the bigger teams. They're never going to nah, repeat think, their feet. No, nah, they're, they're obviously not going to repeat what they win in the league. Of but, course, yeah. But I think they will take points off to some of the bigger teams. I mean, they will they will take points, especially when they're at home. They I think they'll take points off bigger teams. Especially Arsenal, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> we said bigger teams, but we said bigger teams. But um, but like I said, they didn't. Again, against uh, against a lesser team, they probably could have got a couple of goals. They, I guess, they weren't clinical enough, and they didn't really create enough in that game. Um, a couple of bits they did create came more from United being lax rather than them being kind of inventive or using any kind of guile. But again, this is if this game was probably couple of weeks down the line this could have got very different in terms of those possessions where uh, Leicester keeping possession of the game uh, they was having more match fitness more sharpness they could have put the, the same would have been but United 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 played though. the same tactics but 
anyway, from them controlling the game but not really doing anything from it, a person that has been ridiculed and sidelined by Mourinho scores his first ever professional goal. I was not. Luke Shaw. Luke Shaw. And a good goal as well. Whether he meant it or not. It was a bad first touch. Whether he meant it or not. Defending was terrible. Bro, he flipped it over the guy's head, bro. Yeah, that was Ronaldinho levels. He he, he did not mean that. Shawdinho. And then he attempted to cross it and it went in. (laughs) That's what happened. Goal was it wasn't great, but to be honest, I'm I'm super happy for sure. Um, yeah, I think he still he still has a bit of work to do defensively, um, especially if it's going to be a four three three. He's not always going to have somebody to cover that flank for him at all times. Um, he didn't make many. To, to be honest, he only made one big mistake, which was when he should he should have had a free kick anyway, uh, where he got bundled over. Uh, he just you know on that one, I don't think he should have had a free kick. He just took too long to decide what to do. And yeah, so in times like that, he just got pushed over. Like, don't nah, know how he, took. He, he got barged, and that's, he took too long. And to be honest, at that moment, without even seeing Mourinho, you could tell Mourinho was about to probably had his uh, post-match notes ready. But <laughs> but even though that's what Mourinho said in the post-match, like he made one mistake and probably could have been better. We probably should have got the free kick for it. <clears throat> I mean, he looked good. He helped. Uh, he helped create the the move that led to the penalty as well. It was him that crossed the ball in to, uh, and then to, that ended up with the handball. Yeah, all in all, I think it could be what we expect for United for the rest of the season. They might kick on and do a little more. They probably will kick on and do a little more. But yeah, Leicester are going to be comfortable as well. Yeah, well, you had the, well, Leicester did get a consolation goal with the pressure that they were putting through Jamie Vardy. The shot from Ricardo hit the post and... Vardy was the first one to react to and I said nothing Bailey was following Vardy nothing he could do uh, De Gea nothing he could do which he didn't left there well injury time was a bit nervy dead the corner um, Casper Schumacher came up he got, the, he got the header but he missed it and then the game finished it's quite a corner first game of the first game of the season why not for yeah. one point no, well, you're losing no, no, so why not no, why no. not but yeah. from the Friday night game to the Saturday morning game. Tottenham, well, Newcastle versus Tottenham. Yeah, St. James's Park. Yeah, St. James's. they call it nowadays. It's the Sports Direct, isn't it? House of Fraser Stadium. Yeah, House of Fraser yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, So that was uh, obviously ended in a 2 1 win for Tottenham. Um, it was a good game. It was a good game. I enjoyed it. Obviously, it was a mad, what, 20 minutes, the first. Uh, the first yeah. few goals yeah in the first the first no, yeah, <coughs> 20 minutes all three goals all the goals come in the first 20 minutes yeah which yeah, yeah watching that uh, obviously Tottenham again a lot of their players not really having a pre-season because as the media love to kind of keep reminding they had a lot of the they had the most players in the semi-finals at the World Cup so quite a lot of them had just come straight back into what one day of training and then straight into a match but well, to be honest, it kind of showed they looked a bit disjointed. They weren't fluent in their play. I don't know. I think their attack looked pretty... I think maybe they were missing Son because Son didn't start. Um, I think they looked all right in their attack. Ali was very lively. Ali was getting into some great positions. He was moving forward, drifting in. Um, probably the most effective attacker of that game. Uh, again, for me the problems they had was in their defence and I don't think that's maybe maybe is I don't think it's any World Cup hangover I just think uh, Davison Sanchez has got 
mistakes in him. And right. I think that might have an effect over the season. Um, I think he was at fault for the well, goal. Yeah, well, speaking of Sanchez, first of all, he was involved in the lead up to uh, Tottenham's first goal. Yeah. He, had, he, was, he met the corner. Yeah. And then Vertonghen's, well, Vertonghen hit it goalwards, and you've had the first goal line technology uh, of the oh, season. Yeah, of the season. But then, as you said, after that, like three minutes after that, a quality ball for Matt Ritchie. It was a quality ball as well. Actually, quality. quality Sanchez ball. did have next to nothing. Yeah, as you said, Sanchez was found wanting in the middle. He didn't. He wasn't. Did did not know where Hossley was at all. Nope. He was lost. Um, and well, also, he was at fault when well Kennedy missed out with his first touch. He was the one that didn't clear the ball properly. Headed the ball into the floor to a Newcastle player when uh, when they played the ball out to Kennedy, and he should have scored if he hadn't had such a terrible first touch. You would have guaranteed a player like Kennedy putting that in. Um, I just think I know with the whole Alderweireld and he doesn't want to be there and thingy. I just think you know uh, you're gonna let your pride knock points off you, which I think Sanchez could do for them this season. But so, well, they've obviously assessed that and thought Sanchez is good enough because they clearly haven't got. And he's, he's not, good. He's a good defender. But they've not. They clearly, <laughs> for the first time ever, in the history, yeah, of the Premier history League. of the Premier League, uh, team has Tottenham are the first team to never to have not signed anybody in their transfer window. Again, for me. So obviously, they they clearly think they've got a good enough squad and he's good enough to. He won't. He he'll learn from those mistakes and it will help Tottenham put yeah. pressure on I think <laughs> they'll put a little bit more pressure on this season I think they could have done with going in for uh, a striker I don't know maybe they're going to promote in from the from the youth ranks I still think they need a backup to Kane I mean they do have Son there they have Lorente. Lorente's not showing anything so far Son deputised last time Kane was injured but he's not a striker you you do need somebody there, and well, also there's no unknown quantities in their team now. Well, while Kane is going through his no goals in August as usual, <laughs> you had Deli Ali scoring, which mm. yeah he's finally turned up from he clearly didn't turn up to the World Cup. Under, isn't that, <laughs> the, isn't that the same that goal great? he scored in the World Cup? Like that header, like yeah, Lingard yeah, played yeah, the yeah, ball. Same, similar <laughs> goal, but it wasn't that great. But um, yeah, it was exactly the same goal. <laughs> it was the exact yeah, same. It was the same goal. But um, yeah, you had the quality ball by Aria. That again, that one was I would say that cross was just about better than Richie's one. I would say they're crossing and then. Oh no, because Richie put it in there. between. Aria just missed everybody. Aria was one like the ball came to him. One, he didn't even just straight one touch, boom. Alright, fair enough. And it was just enough. put on a plate fair for enough. Ali. All he had to do was just direct it, and he did. Which, that did. was amazing. It was an amazing goal. So. They have players that can obviously, if Deli Ali steps up to the plate, and you have Son also steps up to the plate. Also, they've got like Lamella. They've got players that will score goals in that team. So do they also and then obviously Kane after August is done, you know, start banging in goals. So you always need that striker to lead the line. though. you always need that striker to lead the line. Um, on the other side of it, Newcastle. Um, I think they were kind of unlucky not to lose. Mm. Partially unlucky and partially the problem that has been with Newcastle for for a while now, I guess part of the Michael Asher is, they're just missing that little bit of quality when the chances come to them sometimes. I mean, Perez is a very talented player, a very skillful player out about in the field. 
Um, Hosselu's got something about him. Shelby is a very goalful midfielder. And like I say, Matt Ritchie put that cross in. It was a very good goal. Very, very good goal. Helped by some bad defending. But sometimes when it comes to the crunch, they're just, mis again, defensive mistakes on one end and not having that quality at the other end just kind of adds up and that's what's going to stop them from doing this, what they can in do. In this particular game, I think it's just fine margins. You had uh, Modiame hit the post. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Rondon so, hit the crossbar. Yeah, he hit the crossbar. So it's, it's, it's fine margins. And I think they're but clearly... the other chances not, that were missed. Yeah, like the Kennedy chance. Well, if yeah. the player had a little bit more quality, his first touch would have been a good first yeah. touch. He would have put it in. But this is, this is where... Obviously, Newcastle think they're a bigger club than they should be. They think they really do think they should be in the top, at least top six. I reckon That's if they had the investment, they would be in the top six. Yeah, but they've just bought House of Fraser, so <laughs> that's an investment. Yeah, where, where's House of Fraser playing up front? I don't, I don't know. I don't know where they're like bringing this guy into the squad. No, but they, I don't know. They just need to like nothing comes quickly and like straight away. So they need to just be humble and they realize it's a stepping stone each time. But so, look at what Benitez can do for them with no money. Imagine if he got some good money. Imagine if he got some good money. Benitez is still an underrated manager, bro. You're probably messed up, bro. They didn't like him from the offset. Like, they did not like him at all. Anyway, they're going to look at. Uh, um, yeah, they're going for another mid table finish. Probably lower mid table if things go against them. Um, I wouldn't see them coming any higher than like 10th or 11th. Bournemouth 2, Cardiff City nil. <laughs> um, oh, what can I what can I say? Um, obviously, Cardiff are one of my predicted teams to go down, and from what I saw, they're going down. Cardiff, yeah, Cardiff are Cardiff they're, are definitely going down. Any Neil Warnock is not a Premier League manager; he's a Championship manager, well, so he is way out of his depth now. He always has been. I don't know why, like, if I was a championship manager, I'd be like, look, you've got the job. If we get promoted, you're out. I'm not even going to wait till Christmas. Like, there's no point in waiting till Christmas. No, I mean, so looking at it, I think it was, they had three, maybe four players in that first 11 that had Premier League experience that started. Um, their defence looked like a defence that wasn't used to the Premier League. I just saw a lot of nervousness every time the Bournemouth attacked and to be fair Bournemouth, Bournemouth played well Bournemouth played as well as Bournemouth usually do but in the first stages of the game Cardiff did dominate but then they were their quality was showing they just weren't good enough exactly but that's what I'm saying they because they enough. don't have and that experience they don't have that quality I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out on a limb here and say that this could be a Derby County type bad <laughs> bad season for them and get like minimal points I mean what they didn't buy anybody that's ever played in a top league let alone the Premier League um, I mean they, they made well by today's money I guess it's not a huge out yeah no what did they spend 20 something million I think they spent not much on, on transfers um, yeah 21 million they spent on transfers and with Neil Warnock at the helm I mean yeah, and in the past we've seen like Huddersfield, Bournemouth, Southampton. They came up and they thrived. Um, Neil Warnock's not a good enough manager to take that collection of players and make them thrive. And like I said, you could just tell that the experience wasn't there, and they've done nothing to address that over the summer. Uh, so yeah, I don't see it being any different in any games to come. You know, 
Bournemouth took the lead through yep. Ryan Fraser. He put through by Callum Wilson. Nice finish. Defence everywhere. And then uh, Callum Wilson was... He brought... Was it Callum Wilson? He got brought down, down, he brought down yeah. for the penalty. That's a soft penalty. That was a soft penalty. My yeah, man was trying Ronaldo's step overs and he messed himself up and just happened to so happen. He that. put his hand out on the ball <laughs> as well. I don't like those ones when they, no, when they had they, to con the referee like, straight away. Nah, nah, nah. I've got this already. Yeah. But then kind of, you probably say soft penalty, justice was done. It was saved. Mm-hmm. And the poor penalty. Everage. But then Callum Wilson did redeem himself and score. Mm-hmm. And again, the build-up to that goal, like just Cardiff players getting barged off balls like easily and stuff like that. And, you know, fair play to Callum Wilson. He finished it nicely. Um, but Bournemouth didn't play exceptionally. They just played better than Cardiff. And Cardiff are still a championship team. But a question for me for Bournemouth here. Eddie Howe, he's now the longest serving Premier League manager. Since Six Venga, years since under Venga's his belt. Gone. Six years. This is madness. That. That's the modern game. But... Right, so six years in the in that team. Mm-hmm. I know, obviously, not all of them have been in the Premier League, but been in there for a while. Yeah, he's obviously seen as this the big prospect managerially. So, what should he be doing with Bournemouth this year? What where, should where, he be yeah, where should where should he be taking them? Should um, they should they be? Is it okay if they're struggling for relegation? Like they survive relegation, but they're struggling. No. Should they, be, they shouldn't be at that level um, Bournemouth's problem has always been they seem to expend all of their energy at the beginning of the season or the first half first three quarters of the season and then they kind of slump um, again for I would say it's a case of squad depth and a rotation for them to keep the energy levels up and there's two trains of thought on this one either he's taken that team as far as he can get them with the resources being given or that's his highest level <laughs> what he's doing now is as good as he is and if you were to put him in a bigger team he wouldn't do anything so again Bournemouth should be looking to Bournemouth should be looking to the top end of the table they should be looking to upper middle themselves they should be comfortable they you know they should have themselves safe and done by January February time like they shouldn't be worrying in, in, in April Guess well, I know obviously no, this is quick just thought but yeah the first season, I remember them take, them beating Man United at their ground. They beat Chelsea at their ground. Yep. I think... Did they not beat Chelsea away as well? Or, they, uh, they, or was that the season after? But anyway, anyway, they should be... Uh, they beat. They showed in the first season, they beat the, some of the bigger teams. Second season, I didn't really see that as much. No. Again. I think actually second season, they did beat Chelsea away. But Chelsea were going through all sorts every, of things. Every, so every year. That was that. <laughs> I need to see with how... With Eddie Howe and Bournemouth this year, I want to see them beating some more of the bigger teams and like at least taking it to them. Uh, at this point, the bigger that teams are the only games they should be going into as underdogs. Outside of the top six, they should not be going into any games as underdogs. It shouldn't be, but... But that's what I'm saying. That's where they should be right now. Again, and like I say, the next stage for them is to be beating the, you know... He needs to be tactically versatile to be able to get so they, those extra so points. Last season they finished twelfth. Yeah, yeah. So behind, um, so again the teams that finished above them, and this is if Eddie Howard's as good as people say he is, and obviously resources obviously show yeah, a lot yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. But again, the people that uh, teams above them: the Newcastle, Leicester, Everton, and Burnley. 
to be honest, I think they should be a Burnley to me. They're nothing special, so they should be something. They had a good season. Them, they had a good season. Looking at they should be. That they level. should be. They should be higher than Burnley. They should finish higher than a Newcastle because as little as their resources are, Newcastle's are even less. Um, they should be. They should be able to go toe to toe comfortably with an Everton. Um, at Leicester, um, you know, I think Leicester. On their on their day, they should be able again. They should be able to take it to Leicester okay, on their day. I think I think Leicester are better than them. Leicester are probably better than them. So all right, maybe top six teams and Leicester. <laughs> but no, they they yeah, they should easily be looking to consolidate themselves inside the top ten comfortably. But we'll see what happens with that. Fulham versus Crystal Palace. Fulham versus Crystal Palace. I enjoyed this game. I enjoyed this game. This gave me a lot of uh, a lot of points to to think about. Um, but go on, you start. That's all. Jeffrey Slook with the first one, Wilfred Zaha scoring the 80th minute, Fulham winning, uh, Crystal Palace winning 2-0. Starting with Fulham, they played nice football, they uh, dominated the game in terms of possession, they had quite a lot of shots, I think they were just lacking, again, a little bit of uh, creative, a little bit of creativity up top, and being able to get the ball to some of their uh, strikers, mm-hmm. the people up front. But I do feel that Fulham... I don't know if they're good. I don't think they're going to struggle. But then again, I'm kind of seeing that about a lot of teams right now. But I don't you think, don't they're, think I, they're strong. I don't, I don't think they're going to struggle this season. I don't think, I think they'll be comfortable from what I saw. I know they were they were beaten by Crystal Palace, but I don't I don't see them. I think they'll be all right this season. So for me, I think uh, as to be expected, they the major overlay, first team to get promoted and spend like 100 million yeah. in a transfer window. Um, they've bought well. Um I think it just lacks the cohesion. Like I say, with so many, Scherler started, uh, Seri started. I mean, obviously Mitrovic, he was there last season anyway. Um, once they get that cohesion together, like again, like we're saying with Man, City, Man United, Leicester, if you were to play that game again in a month, then it's not coming out the same way. For me, uh, yeah, I don't think, I think, I don't think Crystal Palace were great. I think Crystal Palace were the same Crystal Palace that we see all the time. Crystal yeah, but, well, they didn't play any new players they, from, they started the same lineup. From last year, last year it took them to when was it November December to get the first win and first goal to win. Yeah, first win away from away. home. Yeah, obviously they got better once Roy but, Hutchin came in. But for they, me, they started with a bang, and Zaha seems like he's straight he's straight on it. And so I think I think, he's, I think he's going to carry them. He's definitely going to carry Crystal Palace. They're not. I don't. They're definitely not in any danger. No, I think they. Out. I think they again once once the other teams start finding their feet and stuff like that. Like I say, for me. When I watched that Crystal Palace team, I was not amazed or wowed. I was like, it's the same Crystal Palace that I saw last season. I wasn't seeing that. Again, Zaha, he's a great player. Um, Juan Bissaka, like, come on to him in a little was. bit. But I think, again, you play that game in four weeks, Fulham get better. Don't think Crystal Palace do. It's a totally different game. I don't see, I didn't see anything new or surprising or exciting about Crystal Palace. Only been one game, sure, but... but even, even though the game finished 2-0... Fulham definitely should have the penalty. Yeah, definitely. That was a stone culprit. And that was a 1 0 as well. So yeah, we'd have drawn yeah, it up to 1 1. 1 0. Sacco yeah. with his late tackle. As always. But he's definitely he's definitely a liability. For, mm. <laughs> you can kind of see why Liverpool got rid of him. Although he was their best defender at one yeah, point. That's but that said more about Liverpool than him. <laughs> but no, yeah, looking again, looking at their defence, Wan Bissaka was the star of the show. Um, even last season when he started coming Bam, in and Bam, making Van Bissaka was he was good I saw like a couple of nice things from him but I thought Patrick Van Aanholt actually had a nice neat game as well 
again, maybe because I'm used to seeing Patrick Van Aanholt having a nice, neat game. He was good for them last season as well. He popped up with a few goals. He popped up with a few assists. Uh, I personally think he's better than Crystal Palace, but, you know, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, it he's, is what, he's, it, he's, it, is what it is. He's not there for the long term anyway. No, no. But for me, Wan-Bissaka, being so young and, you know, he started, again, he started as he finished off last season. He came in with no fear. Um can be a little dodgy with his defence which we didn't see in that game wasn't uh, that didn't happen but then going forward he's the one that set up the, the Zaha goal um, his strength his pace and he's got ingenuity about him um, I think they've got enough to keep them from being relegated they're not in trouble they're not in any danger of being relegated but again what I'm thinking what 15th 14th I think well why obviously <laughs> he's, he's able to keep the team uh, just get the team doing all right. Keep him. Well, he didn't do things. Ticking over. Keep him ticking over. But then you've also got uh, obviously Wilfred, as we spoke about. He's gonna. He just seems like he's on fire, and he just wants to. He's looking for. He's putting himself he's in the shop window. Yeah, he is. he's definitely. He knows he's bigger than Crystal Palace, and he's he wants that second chance at a big club again. Yeah. Then you got Benteke, who. They should have replaced him. They yeah, he had a terrible game season last year. They had three goals. Probably you had the terrible se- How many seasons have been terrible? He's been though? injured and stuff the other seasons as well. But and then Liverpool just destroyed him. But yeah. he can't have a bad season as he did last time. As last season. Again. No, I don't. And we all remember that. that when he was at Aston Villa, he used to bang goals in. So I do now think he's gonna maybe chips in. I was got nine goals at three times what he scored last season. So. No, I am hoping he will do better, but there's no guarantee. I think there's he no will. Guarantee. Like, yeah. I mean, he can't do any worse. <laughs> yeah, if it worked for a great save from Fabri, yeah, he would have actually. Yeah, yeah, he he yeah, would. Yeah, he would have yeah, yeah. got. A, he would have been off and off the mark after the first game. But I think, yeah, he can. He cannot. He can't be as bad. So I think the goal. The goal tally of uh, of Crystal Palace will definitely be more than last season. And yeah. so that means they shouldn't be. I don't think that yeah they they won't. Like I said, I'm going off one game. It's ridiculous to try and call anything after one yeah, game. True. But yeah, I I didn't see. Yeah, I just feel like it's just going to be the same Crystal Palace. But then again, the same Crystal Palace. If they do it from the beginning of the season to the end, it should be a better season for them than last season. Huddersfield nil, Chelsea three. Well, it's a walking apart for Chelsea. I, I don't it wasn't as much of a walk in the park as the scoreline suggests I no, mean no 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 alright no alright to be fair Huddersfield weren't as bad Huddersfield weren't as bad well the possession says 37% possession to Huddersfield 63 to Chelsea the shots though shots equal pretty much no, on, on target Chelsea 4 Huddersfield 2 it's not a million miles away 6 each it'll be the other way around but I don't know. It just didn't. Watching this game, Chelsea didn't never never seem like they were in trouble at all. They no. weren't even worried, and they would just seem like a easy, easy one. Like I don't know. Chelsea seemed like they could score when they want with this. I think they struggled a bit towards. The, I guess it went. It moved into a familiar groove. Huddersfield. Uh, I respect Huddersfield for coming out with no fear. They attacked the game right from the very off. Um, they pushed, they went for it. They they weren't even really on that counter-attacking tip. Too too tough. They were trying to take the game too. But Chelsea had the quality. You got a new manager. Um, everybody's playing for the new manager. You know, everybody's trying to justify their position. And, um, you know, it showed. Uh, the main thing, again, yeah. You know, it's Chelsea-Huddersfield. You expect Chelsea to walk away with it. 
the thing that I uh, was very interesting to me was I thought Pedro had a great game. Um, he scored a goal. He helped set up another goal. Um, but this is the guy that people called him for his head during preseason for being like one of the worst, laziest players. Doesn't care anymore. Um, but Dennis, that was it interesting. Was, Pedro would have been hard though when you won everything by twenty six. Everything, everything <laughs> down the hill from there. It's true. It's true. Um, but Chelsea took the lead through uh, Angolo Kante's miss kick from Williams cross to to make it 1-0 then um, uh, Alonso went into the box just as he was about to shoot he was taken out which you didn't think was a penalty I didn't think at first but then on the second I mean he still still get a foot on the ball he He still got a foot on the ball but yeah I mean I can't I can't begrudge that penalty being given I can't begrudge that penalty penalty. and then Jorginho with his well bullied his way into being Chelsea's first Team penalty, like first penalty taker. Like you said before, you know, teachers pet in it. Yeah, like, clearly teachers pet. Come he got to, brought with him. He brought him to Chelsea with him. He's, okay. he's gonna put. He's gonna get him the, the penalty. Duties, it's a classic it? case of brand nosing, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but there's a nice, nice finish, nice penalty, nice technique, nice finish. Yeah, 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 yeah. Completely wrong, wrong foot the goalkeeper to make it two 0 And then, as you said before, Pedro, uh, nice little dink over the goalkeeper. Yeah, yeah. Making it three 0 so I think obviously there'll be a lot tougher test for Chelsea in the in obviously yeah. for the rest of the season. But this isn't the. I think we'll see. We're not going to see the same Chelsea that we saw like for three quarters or half or three quarters of last season. Um, they looked on it, you know, too many times last season. They just looked lazy. Um, like they weren't coming out of second gear. Not because they didn't need to, just because they didn't want to. So yeah, they will be a much. They'll be a tougher proposition this season. Um, also, lack of Champions League uh, football. I guess the last time it was like this. They last time it was like this. They won the league. Yeah, I can Because obviously, gave the manager enough time to, well, rest the players and to work in the training for tactics and yeah. new systems and stuff, which other teams don't have because they're playing uh, weekend, Wednesday, weekend. It Tuesday. gives Sari a lot of time to bed yeah. his team in the way he wants them to be rather than constantly having to set up for games. So we'll see what happens with them. We'll see what happens. Again, nothing too much to say about Huddersfield. For me, they're a relegation prospect. I mean, you know, I called that before they'd even kicked a ball. But like I said, they gave it the try. They came close on a couple of occasions. They hit the woodwork. Um, if they carry on with that kind of heart throughout the season, it will get them some points in places they may not be expected to. But I, yeah, I don't think... I don't think they're making it uh, to another Premier League season. I think this one. the main reason why they're still in the Premier League right now is their manager. Without their manager, I don't think they'd be... Yeah. They, would, they would not be yeah. at that level. And you know what? A run of bad results, they won't have that either. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and it'll probably be one of them ones where whoever replaces him won't be as good. So we'll see what happens. Watford 2, Brighton 0. Two goals from Roberto Pereira. Did you see his first one? Uh, yes, I did. Yes, I did. Um, and, you know, one of those classic wall comes over, bam, straight in. I think that, keeper yeah. got a hand to it, couldn't stop it. Too much power. Too, Too much, much power. power. Um, it was amazing. That, that for me, definitely, goal, goal of the weekend. That just said, from the short corner, then cross bomb the curry, and then bang, straight in. Nothing, Janet, you can't even fault the keeper. You, nothing you could do. They said they put you got a hand to it, just too much power, so what can they do? Yeah. 
then his second goal was kind of neat as well well if the first one was about his power and his aim the second one was about his skill and his craft so you know he, he put it in from a, a, a cute angle um, to, uh, to the other side of the goal um, he's shown a, a very interesting yeah he's he. I think he's going to be one to watch this season he's going to be a youngster to watch I think he's definitely going to as um, what's it um Troy Deeney was uh, saying that a lot of people have basically written Watford off because they say oh, Rich, Rich Allison has gone so Watford are going to crumble but tennis and a lot of you look at a lot of teams when when they're when big guys leave their team always someone to like someone else stands up yeah it's like a cover. conveyor belt yeah like, and, and so I think now uh, Pereira this is his turn he's going to step up yeah. he's already stepped up in the first obviously in this first game and then we'll see how see how it goes. But I think And yeah. obviously the whole Richarlison thing, like as good as he was for them, especially in the early parts of the season, he wasn't banging the goals in for them like second half. For the second half of the season. So they've still got the goals there. They're not losing a, a lot of goals with him being gone. Um and it looks like yeah, Pereira is uh inventive enough and good enough on the ball to fill that slot. Brighton I worry for them. I do worry for them. <laughs> I do worry for them. It's a shame. You know, they did well last season. Uh, fell off a little bit towards the end. A few draws and losses where should have been draws and wins. Chris, Chris Eaton, he's obviously he's got that knack of... He knows how to get teams promoted from Championship. Yeah, he does. He knows how to build a solid team. But he knows how to keep them in the Premiership as well. Like, But I don't know. Like, especially, again, having like the main... Like, uh, Front man, Glenn Murray. I oh, like come on now. Come I on, think it's come it's, on, it's on, like you're you're expecting old legs to keep carrying the team and stuff. It's not gonna you should have changed that. And it's like you look at just look at that team. It looks like a, you know them traditional old <laughs> English teams, them four four twos I mean, like well yeah, that's what he's playing, um, pretty much or like a four four one what like, you know, uh Pascal. I mean Gross is obviously you know, undeniable talent in gross. Yeah. They've got uh, Nokia, who again can do some stuff. I think their back two uh, are pretty solid. Um, yeah, my biggest gripe with them is like I know Glenn Murray. He had a, a good season for that kind of team last season. Eleven goals. Um, they should be looking to. They should be looking for backup to Glenn Murray. They should be looking for a replacement. Glenn Murray should be the guy riding the bench this season. Um, you can't be looking at him. He's, you know, he's got no speed. He's, he's very smart. He's a very smart footballer. He's got a great footballing brain, and that's how he gets those goals. But too slow for you to be basing attack around him. From Richard Larson's old team to <laughs> yeah. Richarlison's new team. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Uh, Wolverhampton Wanderers 2, Everton 2. And uh, Saturday evening game. Yeah. Richard Larson with the opener. Repaying some of his forty million transfer fee immediately. immediately. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a bit of a messy finish from the corner. Ah, but it was a messy situation. Yeah, a messy situation, but to be honest, it gets there. It doesn't matter. No one's gonna look back when he look back in his career and says he scored goals. They're not gonna say, "Oh well, it was a dodgy." It was a it was a dodgy. Your first <laughs> so. goal for Everton. Your first goal with your first shot for Everton was really dodgy. So you know, nah, bro. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, so it was two all. Obviously, the big event in that game 
as the sending at, off of Jagielka. Yep, at 1-0, Jagielka mis, miscontrolled a pass. And then um, the... Uh, the resulting him, tackle that he went in for. Yeah, it was him, Jimenez. Yeah, Jimenez. Ran, ran onto the ball. Uh, Jagielka obviously overstretched, caught him and gave a red card. Could you argue anything about a red card? No, no, not at all. Not at all. Um, like I was saying, if you look at the, you know, if you go down the checklist of what makes a red card, like I think he pretty much ticked all of them. Not in control, leg out straight, um, above the ankle, just denying a goal scoring opportunity. Denying a goal scoring opportunity. Last, last man. man. Yeah. I mean, you know, there was there was no argument for that whatsoever. I don't even think I don't even think Jack argued the fact. I swear he just got up and got off the pitch. Like even he knew that what he'd done. Um yeah, but it did seem to with well, with some people, like the match of the day, it seemed like it was a bit of a surprise that they were thinking it should have been a yellow. Yeah, but some people even the com- like even the commentator in the game thought, oh, it should have been a yellow, and then surprise that. <laughs> He said that the referee was bringing out a yellow and then he brought out the red, but I like, I don't think. And again, even when he was like, "Oh my god, it's a red," and there was, it wasn't like they were they were arguing but, the facts. Yeah. As you said, every way you look at it, was a straight up red yeah. card, and there's no arguing with it. So first red card of the season. Yeah, well done, Jax. And obviously, uh, from the resulting result. free kick, <laughs> resulting free kick, Ruben Neves, Neves showing that. The what's it called? He's he's forming the championship. Never's proven that Wolves have done something dodgy because how have they got him? <laughs> um, he, yeah, he has. I mean, he's like he yeah. He he started. He hit heights in the championship, and from the looks of it, he will hit those heights again because um, you know, skipping forward a little bit. Not only did he do that, he assisted for the second goal with a sublime cross. Um, accuracy is the thing that comes to mind when you think of Ruben Neves uh, he can ping a ball from anywhere to anywhere it looks like um, he's got good feet as well and yeah he definitely looks like you can see why he's he's at Wolves he's there to put himself in the window again yeah it was a stepping stone for him he's there he's showcasing his skills and well he's uh, Mendes is his agent so clearly he's going to be content He's yeah. going to be onto a bigger team. So, obviously, it went back to all square again at one all, but this time Wolves had uh, a man up. Um, if Richard Lars- also- especially if Richard Larson's first goal was a messy goal, no argument about his second one. No argument whatsoever. Clearly, well, that, that again, repaying that 40 million, but this time showing his class that he, that he undeniably has. It was the nice, classic neat finish. Open the body up, Kelly side round, foot, round, round the, the de- round the defender yeah, first, yeah, and then round the yeah. keeper, which was yeah nothing they could do. Putting the ten man Everton up. Yep. And then, and, and then Fergie said, then Neves putting the ball in, a nice uh, sweet ball. Tennis, there's quite a few nice crosses this weekend. There was, there and was. Few crosses, and there's a nice finish again by by uh, Jimenez. Who I think is gonna, I think he'll do well this season as well. I think he'll get them, you know, he'll do well with the number of goals he gets them, especially with someone like Neves giving him service. Um, but looking at that, so the game finished finishing two two two. Mm-hmm. Is that points? I know it's the first game of the season, and you shouldn't be looking at that. But 
is that two point drop by Wolves? It because is because in the championship they would have no doubt gone on and won this game. But in the Premier League, they're playing against a, a team of ten men and are playing for fifty minutes. Again, it is a, you can look at it as points lost. Um, you definitely, sh- yeah, definitely should say that they should have been a bit more careful. Um, once they were once they were at one all, um, if you look at the stats as well, it doesn't make for you. Do, you couldn't tell from the stats that it was eleven men versus ten. Um, Everton did very well, even once they went down to ten men. I think you chalk it up to inexperience and it's the level everybody knows the level of stepping from the championship to the premiership is a huge one this is their first game didn't know what to expect I mean you know you can watch as many game footages and and do as much as you like but actually playing is a whole different kettle of fish and I think they'll learn from it I think they'll learn I think well their character of a manager really uh, oh my gosh I'm going to enjoy watching that guy Nuno Santo yeah Nuno Santo I think um it's definitely a learning curve and I think they will they need to learn from this obviously I think they're going to be too good to to go down they definitely will and like I said they will learn from this one um, he will take a look where did they leave the gaps after it went down to 10 men where were they t- why, why were they too open where were they too yeah. open and it's not a mistake you would expect them to repeat um, again they do have too much quality within the, within that team to, to do something like that and I think it looks like they do have a good manager um not only is he very animated, very exciting, but it looks like he has a real passion for the game and really loves his team. So we'll see what happens with them. But yeah, I don't think they'll be in any trouble. Um, I thought they would be the ones to do the best out of the promoted teams. Yeah. I, I still think were, that. I still think they that. were the only ones to take a point. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the other so two lost. So the other two lost, start, and start arguably the other two lost. Well, not even arguably, the other two lost against worse opposition. I would say. I would say they they played the the strongest team. So, but as for Everton though, obviously they've brought in the new new manager. Yep. They've made a couple signings as well. Um, again, I would actually on the flip side as that was two point drop for Wolves. I would say, I would say especially for playing fifty minutes with ten men. I'm even and taking the lead. Obviously, you're most likely going to be. you're under pressure quite a bit with your down to, down the player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So definitely. I, I would I'd probably say that's a it's a point game for it's a nice point game for Everton. It's a point game for Everton. No one would like you know you wouldn't really expect a, a team down to ten men to even take the lead, um, let alone to to battle to a draw. But then they they definitely would be disappointed with the last ten minutes. Conceded oh yeah, of course they well. would they will be disappointed. But like you well, say, numbers outnumbered. Yeah. Um, and, and also then under pressure and then when you have people quality players putting balls in yep. so, yeah you're going to get picked off after after a while so but I do think Everton can they push in can they push into top six yes um, again I thought again, I thought tactically it was interesting when uh, when they got the red card he didn't switch to a back three he instantly bought a midfielder off for another defender even though it was Mason Holgate who technically is like a, a, a right back which it was like okay he's going to try and defend this 1-0 lead for, for the whole of the game but I think tactically he was on point even going down to even going down to 10 men it didn't seem like damage control was the was the aim of the game I think he's a smart enough manager 
with enough quality in that team um, they got rid of a few little bits of dead weight uh, brought in players like Richarlison I think they could be pushing you know for a David Moyes kind of finish <laughs> old school Everton, David Moyes kind of finish mate come on, come nah, on. I think they're Champions League yeah <laughs> No, 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 they're not. Probably, they're not. They're not going for Champions League. But I think they could be. They should be pushing for European football. Uh, so I would say the worst match of the weekend, <laughs> definitely, with by a long margin, was uh, Southampton Burnley. Ended yeah, was up it, nil nil. Was it the worst match of the weekend because there were no goals, or was it just? Bad? I mean, there were chances. There were a few chances, but even those chances were just. I don't know. It's just like it seemed harder for them. It seemed like they did the harder thing, not scoring, than they did actually scoring. I, I didn't see anything from either team that made me want to I watch them again. Out of those, obviously, Burnley, again, they're not the most free-flowing, scoring teams out there, but they dominated that game. Uh, they they had chances there, the goal disallowed. They were they were trying to do things, but again, they're not. You can you can see them. They're, they're definitely a team that quite a few times. They're tough to beat, yeah. but. I think they dominated early on, but then Southampton came back into the game and it ended up being quite even at the finish. And then you got Southampton, who, even though they've they bought Danny Ings, they've got uh, Charlie Austin, Gabriel they just they can't score. And this is the issue that has gone on for it's gone on for a couple, last couple of seasons now. I think and probably towards like last season for definite, and yeah. then yeah, all of a sudden they dropped off a cliff like the season before that. Um, I don't know what it is. I think not only they don't really have the forwards, and also their midfield just seems a bit, I don't know, haphazard sometimes. Like, they, they just sometimes they just don't seem like they know what they're doing. Um, Southampton, they could be in danger if they don't buck their ideas up. Yeah. Um, Chinese, they, they won one of our predictions to go down. I don't see, they've not really strengthened us that well. The manager, I don't rate Mark Hughes, don't rate him. So I think they're just on the downward spiral and I think selling to Liverpool has obviously caught up to them. Um, I don't know. I think they had a very good, like their transfer policy and their managerial policy was great. Well, it's um, good under their previous owners and then they've abandoned it. I think, yeah. I, I, no, I just think, I think they made a misstep. Uh, they made a misstep and it was a very, very finely balanced system and that one misstep in managers just sent it cascading and tumbling down and whether they can come back from that or not we don't know but yeah Southampton Burnley I don't expect them to have the season that they had last season maybe they will it's only been one game again show something up but I saw nothing from any of these teams with Burnley I think they're gonna they struggle to repeat last season because just for the fact that they are in the well they're trying to qualify for Europa League so just having those more games, I think they'll be good enough to make it into the into the Europa League. And then once they're there, playing every Thursday, this is going to be a new challenge for them. Oh yeah, very Do much, they have yeah. the strength in depth? I know they've got they've got three quality goalkeepers that can help that can be playing for their third choices. But <laughs> for that game, they <laughs> went they with, yeah they went with Joe Hart for this one. Uh, kept a clean sheet, but that's not the place they need strength in depth. In. No, <laughs> so, no. But anyway, yeah. Let's, let's leave that game alone. I don't yeah, want to give that any more time. Uh, there were two other games that were of uh, more of note. Uh, one for the two teams involved, but the first one for the scoreline: uh, Liverpool, West Ham, four nil. Uh, the biggest margin of the weekend. 
Salah. Du, 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 du. Oh, Mane, Mane. Don't do that. That actually, that's how I actually went as well. Yeah, but... Salah, uh, Mane, Mane. Why is that my phone now? Why am I even going on like this? Like, I'm not even a Liverpool fan. Don't like it, but I don't like them. But, you know what? They've kicked off exactly where they ended the season. Back well, to business as usual. Apart from, obviously, um, a curious way in golf, so he went there to, to mess, up, mess it up somehow. There was nothing really to mess up, though. Exactly. I mean, if we he want would, to talk about Alisson... He would have found a way. He would have found a way. <laughs> Alisson obviously didn't really get tested. Um, but, yeah, it was. it went the same way. You got Salah... Uh, scoring a goal you got Mane scoring two goals you got Firmino in there giving um, assists Assist. making himself a nuisance you got coming Sturridge off the coming in bench scoring which, after 10 seconds which Sturridge and Shakiri as options off the bench could be the difference between uh, drawing a game and winning the game for them yes. in a lot of cases um, could even be the difference between losing the game and ending up with a draw or a win um, when you've got when some when people can come off the bench and do that um, you know, odds are you're going to pick something up. But uh, the biggest thing from that game for me, uh, Cater. Yeah. Um, that guy slotted in. Slotted in. Be like he's been there for a while. Yep. And he's just the way he ran with the ball and just carried it for a bit and then slotted, slotted it through, making the right choices. Like he was involved for the, for the first goal. Uh, he ran with it, passed it to Robertson, who crossed it in, and Salah tapped it in. His vision, his eye for a pass, uh, the way he can disguise a pass, the passes he can play, his range of yeah. passing, it looks like that he's just going to hit the ground running and it is going to make Liverpool he's, extremely I think he dangerous. De- he's definitely going to help Liverpool in, in games where... Well, West Ham in this game played right into their hands. High, having a high line, something you just don't do. Yeah, you're not but, with that speed. But in a team. games like Liverpool versus Man United at Anfield, the last two games have been nil nil. They've been tight affairs, mainly because obviously Mourinho and his tactics defending. But in games like that, you can definitely see Navigator making a difference in terms of him, the way he drives, and like because Liverpool last season did have a problem with with breaking some of the like, teams that sat back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they, they were a game that was it West Ham last season at. At uh, Anfield, they dropped points, and quite there were quite a few yes, games that yeah. they dropped. They dropped points, and th- their games were yeah. Naby Keita, I think, will definitely his influence will definitely show in those type of games. I think he will be the factor to help open up the defenses. He will. He will. Um, Salah gonna have the same season he had last season. He's gonna have a very good season again because I don't see how you can be in a Liverpool team and be one of the elite. Well, apart from Firmino. You're not, he's not going to score that many goals but he's not there to score that many goals but the rest of them but the rest of them Salah well even if Firmino ain't going to score that many goals he still had a fantastic season and he'll yeah, yeah, he'll assist a lot of yeah. goals he will get, he will get goals yeah. um, you know he'll help them out and he'll assist them Salah will definitely he'll definitely get goals just the way they play yeah. like I can't that's they'll, they'll, they'll definitely catch a lot of teams out he'll get goals I don't think he'll get the same amount of goals as last season, but he'll definitely get goals. But where I think he will not get as many goals as last season, Sadio Mane, I think, is going to get more, more than he. Got you think last he'll season. get he'll get more, more than he got last season? Yeah, more than what Mane got last season. Oh, I was about not to say. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, bro, come on, let's bold. Um, Mane will get more goals than he did last season. I think he will. Um, uh, will he get more goals than Salah? No, but I think Salah and 
Manny will both share out the goals, so that will be their driving force. Both of them will be scored. Fair enough, fair enough. And obviously, with the likes of Mane should have really had a goal chopped off as well, to be honest. Yeah, it was offside. offside. That was offside. That was, you know, they should have only won 3 0. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But um, I mean, yeah. With, but with, you got to think with the likes of Fabinho to come back into to come into that team um, in the place of I would say Wijnaldum out of those three that played in the midfield, Kea, Wijnaldum, and Milner. Um, the balls that Kea can provide, the balls that Fabinho can provide. I think Milner um, comes out of that team as well, and I think. Yeah, but you know, they're, yeah, they're but player, in terms of replacing, in terms of bringing Fabinho in, if you've got to take one yeah, guy out, it's Fabinho first. Yeah, Fabinho comes in for Wijnaldum. And then Hendo, everyone, the player everyone loves to hate, comes on for Milner. Nope. I play Milner all day long. <laughs> I play Milner all day long. Nah. Henderson wishes he was the player Milner is. <laughs> Obviously, he's the captain. He's coming back yeah, in. He's coming, he's coming back, back in. in. He is coming straight back in. But, um, yeah, whatever. But on the other side, on West, the other side West Ham, yeah. obviously, clearly played into Liverpool's hands. But... Where do you see them this season? They've bought, they've new manager, bought quite a few players. Um, everybody got excited by their transfer dealings this season. Um, if all those players can click, they should be fine. I think they had chances. They did have chances. Uh, Liverpool snuffed them out quite well. Uh, a couple of missed chances. Again, against lesser teams, they'll get a little more space, a little bit more freedom. I don't think they're in any danger of relegation, but I don't think they'll be having a season to remember. Uh, I think Pellegrini is a great choice as a manager. Um, he's great. Tactically, he'll be very good. And once those players do get into the groove of things, and if he can keep their yeah, that's tight the, defensively... I think that's that's their issue. They bought too many people and putting them in. Yeah, just, just as we mentioned earlier with Fulham, where they bought too many players and it's going to take a while to gel. I think the same with uh, West Ham. They've got too, they bought too many players and trying to get them in with a new system with a new manager it's going to take a while before they gel I just hope that they can gel before the fans start turning again oh, God, and yeah. Yeah, the fans start turning and they just turn, turn on the players and the board and, and then, then they turn on the manager yeah. yeah and then everything just goes downhill from there because it's just one thing feeds the other so the thing is I think they've got goals in that team uh, you've got Ian Artovich you've got Philippe Anderson and Sitting on the Michelle bench, you've got Chicharito, you've got Yarmolenko, you've got Mikel Antonio. Um, there's goals in that team to be had, so once they can sort out the teething problems, I yeah, don't think there's any issues. But that's the thing as well, Pellegrini uh, is a huge fan of Robert Snodgrass for some reason. Pellegrini really likes Robert Snodgrass, and you know, let's see if he can repay the, the faith that he's putting in him. I don't know. I don't know. But again, looking at Liverpool, if Liverpool extrapolating from this, looking at second or third, maybe even first if they could, uh, looking I at second or third. <laughs> I think we've, well, as I, as I put in my prediction, I think Man City win it, but I think Liverpool come close. Okay. I wouldn't be surprised if Liverpool win, though. I mean, no, I no one think, will be surprised if Liverpool win. I just think with, um, with Klopp, he has uh, Pep's number. He's the only one out of all yeah, of them the that he can, and That's where the difference yeah, will be. I think, and that's gonna. That's. The, wor- I think it's gonna worry, uh, City a bit in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It will worry City a bit. Like Klopp talks about how Liverpool are the underdogs. They're not underdogs. Not anymore. They're not. 
Like they're the they everyone expects them to come second he, to see. He, he described them as Rocky Balboa. Yeah, to say that they're the underdog, the underdog who will, yeah. who will win in the end, but they're not underdogs. It's that's not the that's not the way it is. Nobody expects them to come lower than second. Nobody third maybe for people that really hate them or don't want to give them any props. But if they were to win the league, no one's gonna turn around and be like, "Well, that was a surprise." Yeah, <laughs> no, it's not not, not a know, Leicester tip. I mean, people would be more surprised if United, Chelsea, Arsenal or Tottenham won the league over them. So they're not underdogs. But anyway, um, speaking of the champions, let's move on to the big game of the weekend, which was City versus Arsenal. Arsenal's first competitive game under Emirates versus the all-conquering champions. Man City winning 2-0. Yep. Goals from Raheem Sterling and Bernardo Silva. In a game that, to be honest, went the way everyone thought it was going to go. We all thought it was going to be yeah, a comfortable Man City <laughs> win, which it was. Obviously, Arsenal had chances in the game, but it did look like um, Man City could, again, kind of dominate it. They could score when they want. Um, they wasted a lot of chances. Like Aguero wasted a few chances, but yeah. nevertheless, it was a nice, nice finish from Sterling. That now he's back in the Man City top, he knows how to find a goal. But that's clearly because of the position that he's getting played. The position played and the, the formation they play is, is two different things completely. But he did get a yellow card, so he's useless. I'm just going <laughs> to throw it out there. He's obviously, again, useless player. Um, I think, again, yeah, they've got goals in them, they can score when they want. But Arsenal should have capitalised on their mistakes. They made a good few mistakes in that game which other teams should have capitalised on. I don't know. Arsenal seem, is, to, I th- I Arsenal think, seem to not I, want to find the goal. I think some of those mistakes that City played, um, it was pretty much because they they were coasting in that game. They were literally in gear three. They Bro, did not... They, be, didn't, they no, didn't. But they made mistakes at 1-0. You can't be coasting at 1-0. They're not coasting at 1-0. No, but it was comfortable though. They were comfortable, so they were just coasting. And, they were just, and the thing is, this is where I think the issue with City is going to be. That... Do they still are the players completely wiped out their head that it's a new season, or do they still feel it's last season and they still think they've got a fifteen point gap? And maybe, this is where it's maybe. gonna that's because yeah, complacency is gonna kick in here, and then if they keep doing mistakes like that, that's where other teams will capitalize, score those goals that Arsenal couldn't, and then before you know it, it's yeah, what a one nil lead comes to one 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 draws or. And that's what I'm saying. If Arsenal had been better at capitalising, it would have been. And whether they're coasting or think, and they're, whether they're comfortable or not, making a mistake and losing a goal still drops you points. So, I mean, yeah. What? What? Uh, so, uh, before we go on to Arsenal, uh, Mar is obviously he got a start. Went straight into the starting lineup um, in the place of Sane. I think he got a while to um, to learn the Man City way because I feel like every time they pass the ball to him, I think he slowed it down. And I think they obviously he's got to learn to not Man, Man City when they play Sterling and they play uh Sunny, they're more direct. They run yeah. they go at teams and they just know pace, run. Yeah. But he kept cutting in, cutting back on his left foot, trying to either go for goal or looking for a pass to go sideways and stuff like that. Yeah, he needs to realise where he is. But obviously that will come with time. He needs to, he's not had that long with, with the team, so no. It will come, and I think you're just gonna add to even more of what they've what they already have at their disposal. So, 
yeah, there's nothing new there really. Nothing new. Um, the quality is still there all the way throughout the team from back to front. Um, I thought Mendy had a good game, very good game. Um, Bernardo Silva, obviously, he's starting to blossom. He, he showed glimpses nice last finish. season. Beautiful finish, finish man. Was great. Um, a cutback from uh, Mendy. Mendy again, is, yeah. uh, he's now having a. Hopefully, he can go more games without being injured and go through the season because he, I think. He's like a new signing for Man City. Yeah, he and is. then Bernard Silk that yeah cut back and then the finish by him. There's no chance Czech was any getting anywhere near it. Czech. Some, speaking of Czech, moving on to the Arsenal team. Oh, Czech with his little what? What was that? What was that when he almost back, scored? Back pass. <laughs> well, not even a back pass, but yeah, I don't even know what he was doing. I don't know what he was doing. But, but he's so unlucky that it just went wide. But that kind of summed up Arsenal's game, just like weird, wasteful. But doing finish, stuff that you would not expect from a, a team of that calibre. But you know what? A lot of. It seemed like on social media, a lot of Arsenal fans have gone straight into being like the bitching again and but complaining. I'm thinking they were. I don't know. They, think they were just assuming that Venga gone, they're going to be something great. It's like, it takes time, man. It takes, it takes a while. But they don't have patience, bro, because they're the great Arsenal. That they're the mod- greatest team that's ever been. Is, is that modern football now? <laughs> no one has patience for anything. No one has patience for anything. But I mean. To be fair, you know, you see the likes of even it didn't even happen straight away for for Guardiola coming in. It yeah, didn't yeah, happen it straight take, away it for Guardiola. Takes a while. It, takes it takes a while, and I think yeah, but I don't they think have, they're looking they're, at top four. But there were promising signs from them. I know um, people will probably criticise uh, their midfielder Matteo Ganduzzi yeah. for like, a couple of misplaced passes, getting caught on the ball. But I don't know. I, I saw. Good stuff from him, to be honest. I thought, I saw, yeah, I saw a young he, guy that was always calling for the ball, always he just always available. Wasn't he was put, put under pressure quite a lot in terms of the Arsenal players passing to him at wrong times as well. Yeah, but then obviously that's he's because he's young, he's naivety. He wants the ball all the time and showing for it when sometimes he shouldn't be because you got players around you and you'll get caught and you're putting your team under pressure. Yeah, but I don't know. I, I see good things from him. Obviously, that um, like when Arsenal brought on Lacazette, they he had chances. They were a bit more putting pressure on Man City a bit more. So, so they brought on Lacazette for Ramsey. Do Lacazette and Aubameyang start? I mean, fair enough. If you line up Mkhitaryan, Lacazette and Ozil, that's very attacking. But then you've got Mendozi and, and Xhaka sitting behind them to, to do the defensive work. So do you go all out with that attack? Is it, Should Ramsey be making way for Lacazette? I would, yeah, I would, I'd do that. Yeah. Those, I, I mean, two. I think they should. I think they should. Like I say, you're you're basically got two holding midfielders sitting there. You don't really need a central midfielder in that in that three that you've got sitting behind. You do that, or I'd move Ozil behind uh, in the position where Ramsey was playing. Yeah, and and Aubameyang, and then you put Awobi on the side. No, fair enough, fair enough. And yeah, yeah. But I don't think they need to go with. Uh, I don't think Ramsey should be starting. No, they don't need. They don't need that. Uh, that central midfielder sitting in that role moving forward but I mean again I think I don't think they'll make the top four yeah I think but it's, again, it's, it's, it's just, too it's early, early days it's, 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 too it's, early. it's too early they've got new managers so I think next season we'll see start seeing Arsenal but I think towards it like a couple of weeks in towards like around probably around Christmas time as well they'll start seeing the actual styles that um, Emery wants to play with Arsenal there's no one need to fall off though <laughs> <laughs> well this will be the new Arsenal isn't it <laughs> so instead of being crap after Christmas they'll be crap before yeah okay okay cool 
cool, cool. Switch it around and then end of the, <laughs> the end of season. All right, and I say our next season's our season. Start crap again. Oh, but yeah, it was yeah business as usual in that game. We'll see how things progress. That was the full round. What was your main takeaway from this weekend? That's a long way to go. Because <laughs> <laughs> you can't make any assumptions. Why don't we made a whole bunch of assumptions? Nah, right, this was nothing but assumptions, but you know. But there's a long way to go. At the end of last week's uh, podcast, I did a little aqua. Um, so I, actually, I predicted Man United win, Tottenham win, Chelsea win, Liverpool to win with a, man, with a handicap minus one, and Man City to win. That would have got uh, if I put ten pounds on that, and it got me one hundred sixty-three pounds. If anyone, if any of you put that on, you're, you're welcome. Yeah, you're welcome. And yeah, message me. I want ten percent back, and that's <laughs> my little fee. Message him at in your dreams at borderlandpodcast.co.uk. This is Samuel Douglas, personal trainer. To get fit, hit me up on Instagram at Samuel Douglas Fitness. Keep listening to the Ball and All podcast. Uh, game week two. First game, Cardiff versus Newcastle. Who do you think is going to win? Um, Newcastle. Yeah. All day. Uh, I mean, Cardiff are going to be a difficult proposition at home, and it's still early in the season, so it could come away with a draw. But uh, I think nah, Newcastle I think, are getting that. Newcastle I think taking it. From what I see, from the first week, if if that is obviously to go by, I do think it's Newcastle going to have too much for them. I think, yeah, as you said, Cardiff will be tough. They'll be tougher at home, but I think Newcastle will have this all day. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, the quality will show through. Everton versus Southampton. Everton all day. Um, pro- I, it could get to cricket scores uh, if I think Everton could be. It could be a, a four or five nil on that one. I don't think it's going to be 4 5 nil, no. Because I think Southampton... I, yeah, I think Southampton will... They know they can't score, so they'll have to include, like, be better at something else, which is defending. So yeah, I think they'll just about hold them up. Like, Tosin is a deadly finisher. Richarlison is bringing in that second skill. But I can see that just being... It's going to be a narrow game. It's going to be a narrow game. So it's going to be a... I can see, like, a 2 one Everton actually, on that one. That's, I don't think that's my my super six. Yeah. My sheet. super six is going 2-1 Everton. Okay, fair play. Leicester versus Wolves. This is a nice game. It's actually a nice game, and I don't know who's going to win this because uh, I, I think either can. I think Leicester. I think Leicester just for the experience. Leicester will use their their the. No, but if, but if Neves is putting all the type of balls in and dominating the game with Martinho, then they're gonna again. Leicester were good, but. I can see Wolves as well. They like again. They should have beat. They should have beaten Everton. I think that's and a two-one. But I think it's two-one either way. I think it's two-one to Leicester on that one. Versus, you know, you're yeah, saying go Leicester. On, go I'm gonna. I'm gonna go with Wolves on that one. All right. Cool. I'm gonna go with Wolves. See what happens. We'll see what happens. Tottenham Fulham. This is. Hey, is this game at Wembley? No. There's new stadiums not open yet. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's, so it's at Wembley. So Wembley, Tottenham's. Tottenham's current home and maybe Fulham's future home. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, you know, I guess it will be Tottenham will have too much for them. Yeah. Um, they probably sit back and Back to them and fire her Fulham. That's, that could be two games defeats. Yeah. Played two, lost two. Welcome to the big leagues. 
So, yeah, I think, yeah, Tottenham all day on that one. Yeah, West Ham versus Bournemouth. I think West Ham need to win this one. They do. Because I think they just do. to calm everything down, but I can see this being the draw. I think it's a draw. It's a draw. I think West Ham versus Bournemouth is a draw. Because I think West Ham, again, as we said earlier, they've bought too many players, so I just don't see them. They're not going to, it's, it's too early for them to be gelling. So I think, and Bournemouth first steady team. So I think, yeah, it's going to be a, it's going to be a draw that one. Okay, cool, cool. Um, Chelsea versus Arsenal. I'm back in Chelsea on that one. Big game of the week. You know what? I'm not going to back Chelsea on this one. I'm going to back either. I'm going to kind of, I'm going to sit on the fence kind of here. I'm going to have either Arsenal win or a draw. I don't see, again, Chelsea, yeah, they beat Huddersfield, but nothing special. Arsenal already had a tough fixture that about, so now they've had Man City where they probably thought they had no chance anyway. Now they've got Chelsea where Chelsea are not in the best of position, like positions where they want to be in terms of like preparation and stuff. So, I, yeah, I can see Arsenal t- getting something, definitely getting something from this. I don't know. I think the fact that they had an easy game, Chelsea, they had a chance to kind of play around and, and link up together and see what they can do in an easier environment than Arsenal did. I think there'll be a little bit more cohesion from them and uh, I think that'll lead them to edge it. Nah. Arsenal or draw. <laughs> see. Burnley Watford. Ooh. Tough one. But it's Burnley for me, Burnley's gonna win this. They're at home. Burnley at home is Yeah, they're at home. Yeah. They're gonna win this and from what I can remember last season, Watford didn't really travel well. They did not. They did yeah, not. Not so. at any point during the season. So yeah, I say Burnley as well. Man City versus Huddersfield. Oh, this is. Let uh, me put a minus two handicap on this one. It's <laughs> Man City. City. I'm going with Huddersfield. Yeah, good luck. No, of course not. <laughs> <laughs> course not. Uh, Man City all day long. And just what? What will the score be? Um, Brian versus United. Right. This is a tough one from last season. But United went there. It was the last game of the season. Lost it. Or the second to last. Second to last. Yeah, United lost it there, which just capped off a disappointing. Well, <laughs> kind of disappointing season. season. Yeah. But um, on this, because just because it's early in the season, again, if it was later on in the season, I could see Brighton kind of doing something. Yeah. But because it's early in the season, I can see this being a tough game. But I can see United just about nicking this. So it's either going to be it's going to be close, it's going to be one 0 or like a two one. I think it'll probably be a 2-1 I think it's probably a 2-1 Maybe a 2-0 Maybe a 2-0 And the final game Crystal Palace Liverpool Again I think Liverpool Crystal Palace will make a good go of it Crystal Palace are at home Um, I think Liverpool can take it still though Um, I don't think it'll be an easy game for them But I can see I've got this game I think this is going to be a draw this game Because Yeah I think you know, um, Palace, I know it's quite a while ago and that, but they seem to, again, they have Liverpool's number. They know how to. <laughs> Palace versus, I was thinking they, they that have, Palace versus um, Liverpool isn't always they, great they, for Liverpool. Yeah, they, they tend to, the fans tend, again, it might, maybe might be too early in the season, but the fans tend to turn up. Uh, Selhurst Park is normally banging, yeah. jumping. Uh, and then, yeah, it just, they normally have something. So I can see. Again, or maybe yeah, you got me thinking. Yeah, I think I think this one. I think this is gonna be a draw. This game. That's yeah. you got me thinking. Maybe, maybe. Damn it, I'm down on myself now. <laughs> <laughs> oh 
So what are you think is still Liverpool win? No, nah, I think a Liverpool win. I think Liverpool Liverpool edge it and they break Palace hearts in, you know, anything in the last 10, 15 minutes. I think Liverpool, uh, it, it stays as a draw, like a one-all. Palace are playing really well, but then just that one little bit of quality, Sturridge or Shaqiri off the bench makes it a 2-1. Okay, so for my game week two, Akko, I'm going this time with a Newcastle win, an Everton win, Tottenham win, Man City handicap minus two, and Man United win. Okay. I'm not sure what the odds are. I'll cut this out. <laughs> but we'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll see, see next week. Yeah, we'll see next week how I get on. And again, if it's if I win, I want my ten percent. Remember the email. <laughs> yeah. Any other business? Uh, anything else in and around football? Uh, the first thing I wanted to look at was from the Friday night game. Uh, well. One thing from after the Friday night game and one thing in the days following. Uh, the thing from the days following, Paul Pogba talking about how we can't talk about how he feels because he'll get fined. He'll get fined. But to be honest, I think that's a nice little comeback from Pogba. I actually like this. I like the comeback that like he's doing. Like, as in, he just put him, he's, he put in the position straight because he knows, he's flexing his power. He knows that United can't afford to lose him. So if he can start saying some stuff, and this this is again as we, as mentioned in previous uh, podcasts, uh, the it tends to be Mourinho kicking up a fuss third season, and players now standing up and saying stuff, and it's like the beginning of the end. So obviously this is a kickback right back at Mourinho based on what he was saying before about like the Pogba being able to do stuff in the World Cup because it's a controlled environment, and Pogba. Obviously, you can't do the same thing outside of the outside of a controlled environment. I don't think it was as harsh as all that what he said, and it's from a, what from, from what we've seen, it's true. <laughs> from no. what we've seen so far, it's true. I don't know. I just think Pog was just running like it's. I hate those kind of people. They're like, I can't say this because blah blah. You might as well say it. You might as well say it. You let everybody know what's on your no, mind no, but, right there and then. And the people play, that matter are obviously going to pull you up and question you. He's playing exactly the same game Marino's plays. So he's just doing the same stuff Mourinho will do. We'll be playing these games, so he does it. But then that leads to, again, Mourinho with some of his comments that he made after the game about that he's nothing more than a head coach and his, his position should be retitled. Which, to be honest, uh, again, I've, at first I thought it was just a rant, but then Man United then kind of come out with a statement and uh, information coming from the club stating that they're looking to go down the route of uh, having a football director, yeah. director of football in the club. Which, to be honest, looking at the way Man United have been since Ferguson left, I actually don't understand why they never did this earlier. Because they should have been implemented from way back when. Because I think United thought that... The, because when you haven't changed a manager in 26 years, you kind of forget certain things and you just take things for granted. Because you don't need them. Yeah. Because you don't need it. But then, so they obviously just thought, oh, put a new manager in, they'll do fine. We're in Man United, they'll do whatever. But obviously, you clearly realised that you get Moyes in, he wants these certain players, even though the board didn't even back him at all. Nope. Then you get Van Gaal in, he wants his players. Then you start buying those players, spending a lot of money. They flop. Then you bring in a new manager who then decides to get rid of all the, man- all the pretty much majority of the players that, that, uh, that Van Gaal brought in. Then he wants to bring in his own players. Then second season realises he doesn't even like his own players and wants to sell them and then to buy new players. And it's like there's no direction here. You're just buying players for the sake of buying. 
and then obviously trying to put Man United to ransom for the fact that they're that they well market leaders in terms of uh, revenue. But that's it. But you know the players that got rid, like he didn't like wholesale get rid of players that he brought in, and how high up were those players on his list anyway? My thing is saying that you're saying that what he's saying is correct about being a head coach and no, they, I, and I they just, need to bring and they need to bring somebody else in. I think United should do that. Yeah, because number yeah, one, you think United should do yeah. that, and that's what you said. I don't. I don't necessarily think. I think people are too quick to say that every single thing that comes out of Mourinho's mouth is some kind of negative. I think. I think he's genuinely. No, I think he's genuinely saying that because he didn't even just say just him. He said all of. He said that everybody should be a coach. That's the way the football's going. I don't necessarily think just because Mourinho said it that it's a negative thing. If Pep Guardiola had said that, obviously they've already got one. But if Pep Guardiola had said that, if Jurgen Klopp had said that, nobody would be like. Ah, uh, he's having a dig. If Marie, if Pochettino had said that after not buying any players this summer, not one person would have told him. Not one person would have said it was a dig at the board. And the fact that yeah, no, people are agreeing, is, the fact but, that people are agreeing, and it's true. No, but the thing is, this is where clearly, but clearly, uh, what's it called? Obviously, this discussion has been going on at Old Trafford for a while, and Mourinho knew it was coming out. So then he quickly got his two cents in before. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but that doesn't mean it's a this, rant or anything like that. This, this is the thing. He's always outplaying games, so he gets what he deserves. Man. And that's it. But now people Fate. just seeing things that are not there. But no, no, this is not seeing what's not there. This is him bringing stuff to the thing and then trying to get his point across. Always trying to put him in the right and everyone else is in the wrong. That's what he's always. That's what he always does. It's always them against us. That's for his thing. But in terms of yeah, I don't see there's no problem in uh, director football because that number one keeps continuation of style. If we would have, I know obviously Ferguson left a depleted team, but if you've got a style of play and it works from having director football, obviously that looks at all football with all between all the levels at the club. So you make sure the youth are playing the same style as the first team. You play that, at least then that means it's easier to keep bringing players forward. You look at what Man City are doing now. They've got a system in place that their youth are going to be, they've got conveyor belt that they should be bringing through. If they can't go through that, then they'll go out and back. So that having director football having this that creates a style of football you do that but it doesn't mean the manager doesn't have any decisions in the it doesn't have any say in the decision on who to buy because they still will be it'll be kind of down on the committee they will put their ideas across and then they will see do those players fit the style of play that they want do they fit the club's ambition or the club's style if they do then they'll go for it if they don't then they'll say no so I don't see anything wrong with that. Exactly, I don't see anything wrong with it. Nobody does. So I'm just saying, he's just is he just stating facts? He's, he's just, just stating facts. He's just he's moaning. Just, is he just stating facts? He's just moaning. And another any other business? Camarina just appointed Clement Sedov as their well, let's say head coach. <laughs> <laughs> he can't sign the players though. So <laughs> as their, so. as their manager, and he's taken Patrick Clavert as his assistant. It turns out I actually like this because it was either it's either going for a Sidoff or Sven Goran Eriksson, and I like the fact that they've gone for Sidoff number one because well, again a lot of uh, black managers and stuff don't really get they don't get a lot of chances. Mm-hmm. Uh, top flight, yeah. Well, they're gonna say uh, Cameroon, not really top top level, but but it's a top level. It's managing a country. That's yeah. a top level yeah. job. Like you know. But um, then also these guys are big name players that. No, Been they were they done. were big big name players that the players now when they go there they can't they gotta to listen to. 
where a lot of the every all of these the youngins at Cameroon they all know who Kaiba is they know who Sidoff is yeah. but would they have known these fans not necessarily not necessarily I, they were all and for a lot of teams a lot of national teams that's what the players need somebody that they're going to look up to and respect that will make them play as a team too many teams play as individuals and to, um, yeah and this uh, to this I think it's a no brainer for Cameroon and they're bringing these two guys it's going to make there's going to be a lot of people now wanting to know how Cameroon do so they're going to put a spotlight on them spotlight on their players mm-hmm. and so that means people will be knowing more about their players and that should lead to quite a few of their players hopefully getting bigger transfers especially to in the French leagues which they where they normally go and from the French leagues hopefully they go to other leagues in Europe and then obviously they can get back to some of the well, Cameroon, Cameroon they got what was it 1990 they did yeah, yeah, World yeah, Cup and yeah, that yeah, yeah. so hopefully it puts yeah get puts their players in the shop in the window gets them to bigger clubs helps the country get, get a bigger thing so that is obviously I don't see exactly what uh, what's it called uh, and thing in the short term it's not going to do much I don't think but in the long term I think it just helps I think and it, as a national team I think it will do because obviously you, you, you've only got certain players that you can use. There's no transfer involved. I think, obviously, Seydorf, as a manager, his strength has been more in affecting what's on the pitch rather than outside and around in terms of transfers. Um, so I think coming in, tactical changes, I think you see... I mean, yeah, not a huge difference. We're not talking about becoming world beaters overnight, but I think you will see a marked difference in the way they play, in how well they play, and you know you've got one of the best midfielders to play the game and one of the best strikers to play the game both there passing that on to the passing it on to the next the next generation and you know you've seen Seydorf and Cliver in exhibition games on training grounds and stuff they've still got it they've got Seydorf a lot to teach could, more so Seydorf could right now I think he could do stuff Seydorf, Seydorf could play for Cardiff right now and boss things like, yeah. he could play for Cardiff right now and boss things but um, yeah, I, I think it's a very good move. He's a good tactical manager. Um, Clive again will be there to make sure the players' playing levels are up to par. And yeah, this could be a turning point for them. Any other business? Nope. Nothing from me. If you've enjoyed this podcast, reach reach out to us on Twitter at BNA Podcast. Let us know all your thoughts. Get involved in the discussion. Let us know where you think we've, we were right, where we were wrong. Um, just get involved. Send us questions. Follow and share. Yeah, follow, share. If you didn't like it, still follow and share. Yeah, and let us know why. If you didn't, if you didn't like it, let us know why. Join our fantasy football. Give a shout out. Actually, that's a quick one. Let's see how the fantasy football's gone. I know it's week one. You shouldn't be looking at the table, but sod it. I'm gonna do it. Week one. I am second. Mr. P.E.N., who features on this show every now and then, is first. Fleet tip. Flows, where are you at? Fifth. Fifth. Nah, you're not doing that great, are you? Ten points behind you. What are you talking about, bro? We can change in a week. Nah, it's not good, But yeah, if you think you're any better, join our fantasy football team. The description, the code is on our Twitter page. Let us know what you think. Join our fantasy football. The link is on our Twitter page. Join the league. See how see how you do. Compare against us. If you beat us, we'll give you a shout out. We'll let you know. 
Uh, if you flop, like at the moment, Eno is doing, bottom of the table, we'll let you know too. Shout but, outs to Eno getting baited out like that. Don't matter, man. The unsullied. <laughs> no one, no one is doing whack, isn't it? He's <laughs> got no balls. <laughs> That's not what Unsullied means. I know, I was looking at them uh, thingy ones, isn't it? Game of Thrones ones. <laughs> Is that what they call them, Game of Thrones? The, the Unsullied, the, the soldiers, isn't it? Oh, wow, yeah. right, okay, I didn't even know that. Yeah, they, 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 they got the force, isn't it? Sounds like that, you know, that sounds like it could be a Wilson uh, Raider thing. You got no balls. <laughs> You're Unsullied. You're Unsullied. You've got no balls. <laughs> anyway. That's the end of our pod. Until next week. I've been Flows. I'm MK.